Hello and welcome to this week's Therapy for Me. And if you're of a certain age, then you may recall um, the two Ronnies being a thing that shaped Saturday nights, uh, I guess through the 70s and early 80s. And they always started the show um, by saying, and in a packed programme tonight. And that's kind of how I feel about this week's um, episode, really, because I've had to kind of judiciously self-edit through the week because I've thought of lots of things that I wanted to to talk about and you can probably hear the slight enthusiveness in my voice so let's get on with it um, and let's have a bit of guitar So after nearly two months, um, EasyJet refunded um, the flights that they cancelled um, for the holiday we were due to go on in May. Um, and when I'd um, gone through the various pages on the website uh, to try and find the place where you could click for a refund, because obviously all they wanted you to do was to rebook um, or to go for vouchers or for something and actually find the point where... Uh, you could actually, you know, claim a refund. Um, when I got the confirmation that I'd made the claim, the email that came back said, we aim to process this within 28 days. And um, and that's, you know, that's kind of what we're hoping for. But please don't contact us within 90. So they were pretty much saying this thing could take almost three months, which is, which is ludicrous because, you know, by European law... Um, it, it, it should be refunded within seven. But anyway, you accept what it is, bearing in mind the situation and the fact that everything's uh, a little bit a little bit odd, and you sit and you wait. And nearly 60 days later, um, we get the money back, which is great because it's a nice start to the week um, to, you know, to see a large, a large chunk of money go back into the account. So the only thing now uh, we've got is we've been able to um, transfer the deposit for the villa that we're going to. We've transferred that to something else. We made the decision that we would be going back to the same place anyway. So we, we would transfer that, that, that deposit because it was only a small amount of money and it allows us flexibility for booking fairly quickly, whereas the EasyJet thing was quite a big, um, you know, schlep of cash, and we didn't really know exactly, you know, when we would go, or even if we would go with that airline. So, uh, so that was great, but then it got, it kind of threw thoughts back around, because um, we are due to go on a summer holiday that was booked as well at the same sort of time, so everything was booked before Christmas, um, and that's the last week of August, 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 first week of September, and it then started the whole process again of thinking about okay do we do we want to go um because what won't be available i guess by then will be the option i don't see unless there's second spikes or there's local you know local lockdowns be it here or be it in spain um that that there'll be an op, you know the flight will probably take off and land and and if you don't get on it then you won't have a recourse to get your your cash back now of course that's in the scheme of things that doesn't matter um if you don't feel comfortable about going and we don't feel comfortable about going then that's the decision that you make and and the consequences the cost of the the cost of the flights but it just started the whole thing off about 
okay, well, what do we feel safe to do and what do we feel uncomfortable to do? And the one thing about where we're going is the issue is the travel. The issue is the getting through the airport at one end, getting on a plane, getting off at the other end, getting to the point of picking up a rental car, at which point you kind of might as well be in the UK. Um, because in reality, where we're staying, um, we're not going to bump into many people and it's like being at home, but with the advantage of, you know, well, hopefully not the weather we've had this week and the pool. So, um, so it was a nice treat to get the cash back. That was, that was really great. But then it, it, it brought about the whole conversation again of, are we ready as a family to you know to go on a, on a foreign holiday and having talked about it a bit you know i still don't know that we've arrived at a final conclusion really tuesday i'm trying to work out which one of my devices is listening to me um it's got to be either siri or um alexa um we have a number of um of echoes posted around the house um and and we use them a lot and they and they they're, they're great devices and um and and obviously you know uh, being a bit of an apple devotee then there's there's you know there's iPhones floating around as as well um and the reason why i say that one of my devices is clearly listening to me is that um, there's been conversations going on in the house about what working life is going to look like over the course of the next of the coming years. Really, um, we've we've survived a sort of a lockdown um, setup by stealing a bit of the guest bedroom and and making an office out of that room and putting a desk in there. Um, and that's been the space that my wife's worked out of. And I've worked out of the office that I have um, in a bit of the garage that we kind of stole and turned into an office. And then the kids have worked in their, uh, in their rooms as well. Um, and we think what will happen moving forward is that myself and my wife will be working from home more. Um, and we will need spaces for both of us to work, but we'd also like a guest bedroom back because the hope is that long-term people will be able to come and stay. And, you know, the chest of drawers and things that were taken out to make room for the desk, we'd like to put back in there and so on and so forth. So we started talking about putting one of these kind of outdoor buildings, these these kind of, you know, posh sheds, um, we've got a space in the corner of the garden where we could we could put an office. We could drop a sort of a ten foot square office, um, and you know, and having seen a couple of people who've got these things, who've built little studios or what have you in the garden, they're great. They're absolutely great. I mean, they're you know they're plastered and insulated, and uh, it is like stepping into a room in the house. Um, and you know, I could absolutely see reasons why, particularly doing what I do with the podcast, where that would be really handy to kind of be away from the from the house um and it would be a cheaper option than any other thing we could do in terms of knocking the house about to try and you know to try and um you know reconfigure because we'd need to find some extra bit of space so we'd need to go into the loft or do something which you're into you're into bigger cost so um so we've had two or three conversations about this and then and that's that's as far as it's got and that's absolutely as far as it's got i have not typed it into a search engine 
anywhere. And the only conversation has been, uh, he's been a home conversation. Um, and this week, um, I started to get social media adverts for um, office solutions in the garden. So for these kind for companies that would come in and would build this thing fully fitted, you know, literally to the point where you know they you you say yes and you pay an amount of money and then however long later there's your office and it's all done and it's all wine it's all plastered and you just need to decide how you want to you want to set it out and it's it's not possible to um it's not possible for that to be something that could have randomly happened it's it's too unique a thing the um you know for it to just be oh you're in the demographic of x um so it it kind of it kind of concerned me more than a little um and intrigued me as well to try and work out which of those devices is spying on me because clearly one of my devices is listening for keywords and is reacting accordingly <laughs> Just before eight o'clock tonight, the idea in my head of how the podcast was going to work uh, for this week went completely out the window because I'd already had an idea in my head what I was going to say um, today and um, that now is going to be have to figure into to tomorrow's um, little bit of uh, little bit of podcast because just before eight o'clock tonight in the 94th minute of the game between Sheffield United and Wolves we um we scored what turned out to be the winning goal in the last minute of extra time um and for those of you who aren't football followers then you might have to tune out for a second but we were we you know we played we played well Wolves would play well It, it kind of Felt like um, a game that could end up as a draw, but we were pushing to the end and we felt we could get something out of the game. And we, you know, it kind of felt like we wanted it more than they did, which is a term you hear a lot in football. And actually, it's quite true, actually. You do see that on the pitch of, of, of collectively one team just wanting to get it over the line more, um, more than the other. And the whole reason why I had to, I feel I had to mention this because, um, in reality, it's <clears throat> in reality it's just a football match. Um, was the fact that that moment of exhilaration? It's kind of unique. If you if you win a football match with a goal in the last minute, it's different to winning a football match, even by a, a, a greater margin, if it's happened through the course of the game. So let's say you score in the first half and then you score early in the second half and you're 2-0 up from 50 minutes in and the game finishes 2-0. And it's great to win a football match and that's absolutely fantastic. But that sense of euphoria at the end is not the same because you've had those couple of euphoric moments through the course of the game and then in your head you rationalise the fact that you know at 75 minutes or 80 minutes you've kind of worked out well we're going to win this I don't see us losing this this, you know this game to have a game that's very very tight and be quite um, you know not edge of your seat but uh, you've had 90 minutes of could we do this but equally well it might end badly as well 
to then have that release because John Egan runs uh, up for a corner and then literally throws his body to put a header in and just in that moment decides he's going to change the game. That kind of moment of euphoria uh, from a football perspective is quite unique. And I think if you ask any football fan, there's something about that moment when you when you score and you win a game in the last in the last minute. And I'm sure it's the same with any sporting thing, and I could see why. But there's some, there's, there seems to be a more concentrated uh, sense of elation. In the same way, there's a far more concentrated sense of loss if you're on the wrong side of that as well. So I didn't think I'd be talking about that necessarily today, and it wasn't it wasn't the plan. But it was just a moment that I had to recognise because if you could capture that feeling then it really is it's incredibly powerful. Thursday. So this, what I'm going to talk about happened yesterday. Um, but as you're aware, I had to change my plans, bearing in mind uh, what happened with the football last night. So um, the momentous um, thing that happened yesterday was that I managed to get to see Rachel and um, I had a haircut. Um, so for somebody who normally has his haircut a couple of times a month, every every or every two weeks, uh, having had you know twelve, fourteen weeks, whatever it's been of lockdown, um, went and had and had um, a haircut. Now, obviously, it was was great to see Rage again, and it was great, and it was absolutely great to have you know, my hair done. But I think um, it marked something a little bit more fundamental. And the only way I can really explain it is to use uh, an analogy from Frasier. So I'm a huge fan of um, Frasier, the uh, US comedy series. I think it's possibly the best, you know, comedy that's ever been put together, if I'm being honest, over the course of the 10-11 season or whatever it was. Um, and there's a there's one particular show where um, Fraser's brother Niles goes away on um, I don't know if it's holiday or honeymoon I don't know which one of the two it is but anyways he's away and Niles is uh, you know a fairly uptight particular uh, is a psychiatrist always impeccably groomed um, and. Um, and, and very particular in his mannerisms and his his ways, and he goes away um, on this this break, and he um, embraces a different way of life. So he you know he grows a, a, a goatee, and he's in he's wearing Hawaiian shirts and shorts, and he's embracing naturism, and he um, he has this character which you know, or he he describes this as Island Niles. So this freedom that he finds uh, in this kind of new persona, um, you know, which physically looks different, but is also very different in terms of his behaviour. Uh, he cre- he christens Island Niles, and he comes back from vacation. And he tries to live as Island Niles for a few, you know for a few weeks, and then for whatever reason, it all falls apart, and he goes back to being the person that he was before. So the reason for saying that is because I felt the same way when I looked in myself in the mirror 
uh, at the point when Rach had finished my hair. Because it was like I'd got the pre-lockdown ant back. That for whatever reason, that, you know, I'd gone through um, a, the, the <laughs> I said the trauma, but, uh, you know, a couple of, of haircuts done at home. And I'd got used to the fact that I didn't look the same. Um, you know, that um, it was, you know, my, I mean, on the second time round, when my wife cut my hair, I we kind of agreed that she was going nowhere near the fringe because, um, well, mainly because of, of what she'd done to one of our children, but also because the first time round the fringe was where we we you know we we that that was the point where we if we were going to fall out would have fallen out about that, um, and so what it meant was that over that period I got used to my hair being different and it kind of embodied that new kind of person that was dealing with something strange so uh, it was almost like because everything in life had changed and because the hair was slightly different and I looked slightly different when I looked in the mirror that actually um, having having my hair cut and arriving home and going well that looks different but it looks like how I remember was like a step back towards getting out of lockdown so if there is you know, we've talked a, we've talked a bit about whether it will go back to being the way it was before, and I don't honestly believe it it will. You know, it is going to be in a, a new kind of normal, and we are going to be um, we our lives are going to fundamentally be altered by what we've gone through. But this felt like a step back towards um, where we were before, back or even if it's a step forward again, it feels like a step forward towards a longer term resolution because I felt like I'd shed the person that I'd been for the last 12 to 14 weeks um, and that maybe having the haircut uh, and feeling a little bit more like I remember uh, was was part of that process. Um, I don't know if that makes any kind of sense, but it kind of struck me as I looked in that mirror, um, you know, at the point when you get offered the mirror to have a look at the back of your hair, uh, which thankfully, when I had that, which thankfully when I had it cut at home, I didn't see what the back looked like. But it, as I as I looked, I sort of was greeted by, you know, somebody I yeah, I more than vaguely remembered. Friday, we've um, we've got to Friday, and I've got a couple of. Um, topics that uh, through the week I've thought about and couldn't decide whether to talk about or not um, because it got thrown a little bit in the middle by the, the football one I, I just really wanted to to throw in. Um, and I think I'm going to go with a very short snippet really as the one I'm going to pick because although it's not got it's not got a lot of meat in terms of content and I'm not going to ramble on for, for very long about it. I think it's the one thing um, that's happened through the week uh, and it didn't happen today, but it happened early in the week where I still haven't managed to get my head round it as a thing. Um, and we've talked more than once about donuts um and those of you who've been through this journey know you know will have some idea about my feelings on on donuts um but i um called into um morrison's to put some 
fuel in the car, which in of itself is not a regular occurrence. I think it's the second time I've I've actually put fuel in the car since March, but I think I might have mentioned that as well before. And Morrison's, you know, uh, in that Alan Partridge esque uh, tone, have their little their little shop, their little mini mart, and you wander in and um, and they always sell odd things from their bakeries. And I wandered in and I thought, oh, do you know what? I'm I'll, I'm going to pick up some donuts. I haven't had a donut for a while. I'm going to pick up some donuts. Quite fancy a donut. And there's three packets, and I because I wasn't sure what flavour they'd be, I'd check them. And it turns out one has a little label on saying limited edition, uh, which worries me straight away. I'm I'm too much of a purist to be excited by the thought of a limited edition donut. I'm worried by it. Um, and this was a limited edition donut, fruit salad being the flavour or the filling. And um, I got to the counter to pay for the fuel and to pay for the uh, for the raspberry jam donuts I'd picked up. And the um, the woman who was behind the counter, she uh, she had a look to say, "Oh, are they the limited edition ones?" And I said, "No, uh, they're the you know they're classic, the classic." Um, and she was like. Oh, I just, I don't know. I don't know about fruit salad. I think I need to try them, but everything in my mind is telling me, my brain is telling me that it's just wrong. That it's just what whatever I might think is wrong. And that's how they get you. Somehow there's a hook there that you know, you know it's wrong. Fruit salad is not a donut filling. It's just not. But yet... The seed of of not doubt, but um, you know, had been sown for you know for that that woman behind the counter, um, and other people may have other people may have you know got got sucked in. It may have been ensnared by it as well. So um, I think it's taking lockdown too far. I think we're playing games with the nation at this point in time, and we need to we need to stop. Because there's no way, there's no way a fruit salad donut um, is helping anybody in the in the current situation. Um, so that's me. That's me for the week. Um, and if you do happen to get lured in and you try a fruit salad donut and you think it's a taste sensation, then please let me know. But I don't think I'm going there uh, anytime soon. Though I have heard from somebody today that marmalade toast digestives are a thing i'm not quite sure i'll have to look into that and apparently they are the pinnacle we have reached peak biscuit so i don't i don't know how that works either um but you know maybe that's the thing um i hope you're all well um please take care um and uh, as there's more things you can get out and do then i trust that if you fancy getting out and doing those things you'll enjoy them uh, and as always if you've enjoyed this please recommend it to friends and uh, colleagues and you know other people you, you might think that might enjoy it and I will see you all uh, soon if you've enjoyed therapy for me then please subscribe and share as you see fit this has been an A short stories production